Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Sunday, July the 24th, the 17th week of the year. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the Gospel of St. John, chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. John chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. And as we know in the book of John, the Gospel of John, the Gospel is divided into two major sections. Chapters 1 through 12 is called the Book of Signs, and chapter 13 through 20 is called the Book of Glory. Chapter 21 is kind of a postscript or an addition, uh, that which was added on to the Gospel by a later disciple or editor who understood the mind of St. John and was indeed very close to John. And so, but that's an addition to the gospel itself. And the first 13, uh, first 12 chapters, 1 through 12, is really the book of signs. And there are seven signs in the book, uh, in those chapters. Beginning, the first one, of course, is the raised as the wedding feast at Cana in Galilee, where the water is turned into wine. And the last of the signs is the raising of Lazarus in chapter 11 of John's Gospel. And in our reading this morning, John chapter 6, verse 1 through 15, we encounter the sign of the multiplication of the loaves. Jesus has been teaching all day, and he has been performing signs in healing the sick, and he has been teaching and doing all of those things that attract large crowds, and the people have been following him and the disciples. Well, as we say today, time got away from them, and uh, Jesus uh, looks at the vast crowds and he says, where are we going to buy some bread for these people to eat? Uh, After all, not only is it late, but also they don't have enough money. Jesus says uh, we couldn't buy loaves if uh, we had 200 uh, days wages. It wouldn't be enough. And uh, the disciples, Andrew and Simon Peter's brother, says, well, we have a boy here that has five barley loaves and a couple of dried fish. But what good is that for so many? In other words, they're fixated on the problem. Too many mouths, not enough food. And they're ready to just kind of throw their hands up in the air. Jesus, however, sees the problem as really a possibility for bringing forth the presence of God. And he says, get the people to recline. Notice the most important thing to begin with is action. Get them to do something, because fear paralyzes. The disciples are afraid. The people are hungry, and they don't know where or how they're going to eat. And so everyone is in a high state of anxiety. 
and that paralyzes us. It also leads us to make very bad decisions, rash judgments. Get them to recline. Sit down. That's very important, isn't it? We saw last week the most important thing when the Israelites were leaving Egypt and the Egyptians were in hot pursuit. Uh, The command of the Lord was first, be still, be still. So recline, gather yourself. And so Jesus receives the loaves and the fish and he gives thanks. He gives thanks for what he has and doesn't complain about or is overcome by what he doesn't have. And when he does that, there is enough for all of the people that had been following him. And in fact, there's a surplus. And this is the important point here that I want to make. Jesus says, gather up the crust that are left over so that nothing will go to waste. And they gather up 12 baskets full of pieces left over. Now, the 12 baskets, of course, are symbols of the 12 tribes of Israel, along with the 12 apostles. But that they're not to waste. They're not to waste the gifts of God. God has provided them once again with nourishment. He provided that to the Israelites in the desert. He provides it again here with the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. And Jesus will supply us with that eternal nourishment, his very body and blood, and the gift of his holy gospel. God is the God who nourishes, sustains, and leads us not simply to a material life on earth, but eternal life with Almighty God in God's heavenly kingdom. So they gather up all that's left over. They don't simply waste it or throw it away. They gather it up that as a sign that God's God's love and God's providential care and when God meets our need, it is more than we ever imagined or hoped for or even prayed for. God is never outdone in generosity and in goodness. And God supplies their need in abundance. And it ends this passage on a rather strange note, doesn't it? When the people saw the sign that he had performed, they began to say, this is undoubtedly the prophet who has come into the world. And Jesus realized that they would come and carry him off to make him king. So he fled back to the mountain alone. They have the idea that Jesus is the great prophet who has been promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But they have an idea that this prophet 
is a political liberator. He's going to throw the Romans out. Once again, as God destroyed the Egyptians in the Red Sea, it's now going to be the destruction of Rome and the Lord is going to once again reestablish his people. But it's understood in purely political, earthly terms. Jesus did not come to be the king of this world. Jesus did not come to be a political savior, a great general leading an uprising as a kind of rebel or revolutionary. Jesus is the son of God, the savior of the world. And through his cross, we are free. Through his cross, our sins are forgiven, our guilt washed away. And through the blood of the cross, we have the hope of eternal life. And that Christ's resurrection on Easter will be ours as well. Jesus leaves, he flees, because he did not come to be their king. He is their Lord and Savior, and the Lord and Savior of the whole world. And so it's good for us to remember that the Lord supplies our need out of his abundant love, that God grants us more than we ever hoped for or imagined, beyond our own limits to even imagine. And he does so not in any political or material or earthly categories, but because he is the word made flesh, sent by the Father to save us, redeem us and reconcile us with the Father and take away our sins and our guilt. So let us turn to the Lord to be nourished each day with the word and with the sacrament that Jesus offers us. It will be more, infinitely more, than we ever hoped for or imagined. Such is the unbounded love of Almighty God. God bless you.